Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. Kurt Sandvik, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's take a look at some glitches in the Matrix. But first, as always, we have shoutouts. That's right, shoutouts to Aaron, Aaron, Adam, Ah, Monsters, Lauren, David, Alicia, Amber, Amy, Andrew, April, Ashley, Audra, Austin, Autumn, Bill, Bob, Brandon, Carolyn, Carolyn, Carrie, Chris, Chuck, Cindy, Cindy, Cole, Krista, Dan, Dill, David, and Sean, Donald, Dorian, and Isaac. Special shout out to Isaac. That's a special, very special shout out to Isaac, who's just cool. Gary the Cat, Elliot, Erica. Erica, Ezram, Fran, Gamerfan, George, Harley, Harry, Hayden, Heidi, I, Isabel, J, Mark, Jade, Jaime, Jason, Jason, Jeff, B, Jeff, T, Jennifer, Jennifer, Jared, Jerry, Jim, Joe, John, Joshua, Juliana, Karen, Carrie, Casey, Kelly, Carrie, Kim, Kira, Connie, Christine, Lash, Laura Pitts, Laura Ruth O, Lauren and Phil Mangano, Lauren McCune, hey howdy hi, Lawrence, Leo, Lindsay, Han, congratulations on your baby, Lindsay, so happy, I can't wait to meet her, Giovanni or Gio, Lorelai, M. Caviero, Martin, Matt, Megan, Megan, Mickey, Eric, Nanashi, Nick, Nick, Pablo, Paula, Rachel, Robin, Rosa, Russell, Sarah, Sean Bishop, Seth Eaton, Shelly, Suzanne, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Tanya, Trey, Veronica, What's That, and Will. And two very special shout-outs. One to Kathy McKeon, and one to Joe Teague. Alrighty, let's move on over to Paranormal News. Paranormal News. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Paranormal News. There's actually quite a bit of paranormal news. We're starting off with the freaky Twilight doll may actually be haunted. Now, I've never seen the Twilight movies, so, you know, bear with me. But apparently in the Twilight movies, Bella finally gives birth to her half-vampire, half-human baby daughter named Renesmee. Renesmee! Sure, I don't... It doesn't matter. It's a shitty movie. Doesn't matter. All right, so anyhow. They, uh... So they... In the process of... Uh, making the baby, the Twilight crew created an animatronic doll to be used in the film instead of a real child. But it was so creepy, they said, nah, we're not going to use that. And they digitally animated a baby, which from the screenshot looks just as bad as the doll. But the legend of Rene's Me grew. In the bonus features for the released movie, fans got a glimpse of how, oh, fuck it, Rene's Me would look. And it was a freaky-looking, creepy-looking doll. Now, that doll... Now, that doll is actually in a museum for Twilight fans. It's uh, part of the forever... The town has a permanent forever Twilight collection of Twilight memorabilia and props from the movies, including this doll. 
in, uh, where is it? In Oregon, I guess. It just doesn't say where, so it's Oregon. So anyhow, this doll seems to be moving. The owner says she's very dear to me, but a lot of people hate her guts. The chamber, uh, but, but, but doesn't matter. Let's keep going. People were so drawn to her. Oh, people were so drawn to her. It's almost like they turn into zombies. They would walk towards her and have to touch her. She's one of those pieces that you're either drawn to or freaked out by. Children are very drawn to her. She has the kind of eyes that watch you. She says, the weird thing is that the doll's socks are very dirty. Now, the doll is a very heavy animatronic doll. She weighs about 35 pounds and is actively melting from the materials that they used. So she's kind of tacky to the touch, which that's very common with um, with like silicone dolls and latex dolls. That's very hap that's very uh, common thing to happen and could explain why she's moving. But they say one day she might be standing up and the next when you come in the other day, she's in a weird position. It's like she's moving around in there. She's in some kind of case because people kept touching her. So is the doll moving because it's just degrading or is the doll moving because it's creepy and alive? I don't know. You be the judge. I don't know what to say to that. It's weird though. I'll give them that. And like I said, doll's pretty ugly. Do not like. Okay, up next, Bolivian orchestra stranded at haunted German castle surrounded by wolves. Because of the pandemic, a Bolivian pan flute orchestra has been stuck in quarantine on the grounds of a grand 15th century palace outside of Berlin, for two months now, well, more now, over 20 members of the Orchestra Experimental de Instrumento Nativos have been stuck on the grounds in the buildings of the Rheinsberg Palace, a castle complete with moat, which has housed generations of German royals. But besides the fact that the castle is surrounded by 23 packs of wolves, it's also haunted by the ghost of Frederick, of Frederick the Great. They say we all joke that Frederick's ghost is following us and trying to tris, trip us up. I don't usually believe in such things, but it does feel as if there are ghosts on the ground. Tracy Prado, who just joined the orchestra, ran into wolves during one of her walks. I froze in fear, but they were just play fighting and moved on. So to pass the time, the group's practicing up to six hours a day, taking walks and playing soccer and seeing ghosts. They said it's the, there are worse places to be trapped. It is a castle. Sure, it has some ghosts and has some wolves, but generally it's very nice. Up next in paranormal news, should scientists take UFOs and ghosts more seriously? Journalist Leslie Keen investigates topics that many, many consider to be beyond the pale. Sure, why not? Like many longtime readers of the New York Times, I was shocked when the, ah, I don't want to read all this bullshit. So last week, after the Times published yet another UFO story by Keen and her collaborator, they emailed her to say, what's the deal? Why is the New York Times so interested in UFOs and ghosts? And she goes on to say that there's a lot of stuff that's yet to be unexplained, that's yet to be explained. She said the unexplained is out there. The extraterrestrial hypothesis is most valid. It seems to be legit. And I got to say, I kind of agree with her, even though that this person says, look, I'm an agnostic as far as UFOs are aliens or ghosts are concerned, but something is happening and it seems to be happening more and more. I'm not going to read you this whole very long article, but, um, it's actually a pretty good interview with her. Uh, I highly suggest you read it. It's uh, I'll, Maybe I'll put a link on the Facebook page. If not, just look for Leslie Keen Investigates Topics. So you'll find her. It's pretty good. She seemed to be pretty rational about, rational about UFOs and ghosts. 
Okay, up next in paranormal news, eight of the best Loch Ness monster, not a monster, sightings of the past decade. Nessie is one of Scotland's most famous mysteries. So this uh, this story actually goes on to talk about the best ones yet. The whiskey worker Ian Bremer one from September 2016, which I talked about on here, which I must admit does look like a bunch of seals playing in the water. It's definitely got the head of a sea lion or a seal. I don't know. I can't remember which one's right and which one's wrong. Everybody's like, you, you can't call it a sea lion. It's a seal, but you know, figure it out. Looks like that. Then the next one was the author Ricky D. Phillips from December of 2018, which I don't think I talked about. It says the photo taken of the bird-like creature at Loch Ness. He uh, is a best-selling author, works as a tour guide, spotted what he described as a mysterious creature with a four-foot neck and a head the size of a rugby ball. He said, I looked up from my phone and saw a long straight neck, all completely gray and a narrow face, which was only about 20 feet away. Then it turned and disappeared all in a few seconds. I looked down and I realized that it was in my picture, so zoomed in and there it was. It almost looks like a giant bird or peacock in the face with high ridges above its eyes and what almost looks like a beak. Yeah, that's a great description. That's exactly what the photo looks like. Up next, amateur photographer David Elder. This one I did talk about. It came from August of 2013. So it definitely wasn't a paranormal news part of an episode, but I do remember talking about this one. Amateur photographer David Elder believes he snapped the monster in 2013. He said, out of the corner of my eye, out of the corner of my eye, I caught sight of a black area of water about 15 feet long, which developed into a kind of bow wave. Water was definitely going over something solid and making a wave. Again, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Water is going over something, making a wave. It's very long, very straight. Looks like an eel to me. Up next, tourist Rob Jones from May 2017. He said, I saw it quite far across the lock near the castle, but by the time I stopped the van, it was very close and other people stopped to take photos too. Sadly, I don't believe in monsters, but would love to know what it was. Well, it's not a monster. It's Nessie. Next is NHS consultant Dipik Ram from September of 2018. 33-year-old Dipik saw a dark shadow in the water near Doris Beach and assumed it was a wave. But when he zoomed in on his pick, he zoomed in with his camera. When he zoomed in on his pick, he zoomed in with his camera. That's terrible writing. He found a stationary object. He said, when I zoomed in using my camera phone, it became much more apparent that the stationary object was indeed Nessie's hump or long neck. There's something in the photo. I'll give him that. He said after 30 to 35 seconds, the shadow disappeared downwards into the water. Unfortunately, we didn't film it as we were in shock. Look, I get shock. Totally do. You have your camera out. You took a photo of it. You knew something was there. Record it. Keep taking photos. Keep doing it. Come on, guys. I don't have to do everything. Come on. Tourist Lisa Brennan sighting in February of 2019. She said, I shouted, oh my God, I've just seen something. He slowed down the car, didn't believe me, but each to their own. By the time I had gotten my camera ready on my phone, the object had lowered into the water, so I only managed to get as much as I did on the photo as it then disappeared into the water. Well, again, there's something fairly good, large, size, big, whatever you want to call it, in her photo. I don't know what to make of it, but you know what, though? Now that I'm actually really looking at her photo, it's so blurry that it could actually just be a bird flying by in the photo. Hmm, I don't know. I might be calling bullshit on Lisa's photo, but again, I wasn't there. I don't know. Up next, nine-year-old Sam Knight from November of 2017. He said that uh, he took the inc incredible fin shot and he couldn't believe what he got. Now, look, 
yeah, there's uh, look, he's a kid. I'm not gonna say no. Just take a look at his photo. I'll put I'll put all of this up on the Facebook page. But he's a kid, so good on him for looking for Nessie. Good on him for calling it Nessie as well. Local resident Rory Cameron from August 2019. He said, I was shocked that I had to drag... I was so shocked I had to drag my wife out to make sure I wasn't imagining it. You could tell by its movements that it was certainly propelling itself down the lock. I have never seen anything like it in the years that I've lived here. Okay, a resident that knows the lock, knows it well, seen the lock, seen everything on the lock, saw this and still couldn't believe it? I'm giving him some serious props. Is that it? Is that all of them? Yep, and that'll about do it for that part of Paranormal News. So let's keep on keeping on. Moving on to India's first paranormal helpline receives over 10 calls daily. The helpline number 9999518600, started by the Paranormal Company, provides free assistance for spreading awareness against blind faith, superstitions, black magic, witchcraft, and overall paranormal awareness. They uh, go on to say that quarantine life is giving a variety of experiences to people, but for a 23-year-old girl living alone in a flat in Kandavali, Mumbai, the experience is quite haunting. Locked down alone for more than a month, this college student claims to see ghosts often in her flat. Feared and annoyed, she chose to call upon India's first paranormal helpline to share her experience. The helpline number is brought up by Jay Alani, India's well-known paranormal investigator. I'd like to talk to this guy. If... Jay Alani or anybody that knows him is listening. I would really like to do an interview with him. I got to reach out to this guy. When he invested when he investigated her case, he found that those binge-watching horror movie series and listening to podcasts back to back led her to create a fictional character in her mind. I'd be very curious of why he figured that out. Now, sure, people psych themselves up. When I was reading Whitley Strieber's Communion, I psyched myself up to thinking that I was going to get abducted by an alien at any moment. So it is very possible, but I would love to find out why he figured that out. Anyhow, it goes on to say that Jay has received over 8 to 10 calls daily on an average out of which 90% of the cases are similar to that one. People just kind of psyching themselves out. <clears throat> the number of cases of blind faith and superstition is increasing rapidly in India. To spread awareness among peoples of India against the blind faith, superstition, black magic, and mesmerism, Jay launched this paranormal helpline around two months ago has received a call and number of calls daily. He's also been receiving various calls of people claiming to see a ghost, hearing some unusual noise, or feeling that someone is constantly watching them during this quarantine period. He says, in most of the cases, I have found that the person who claims to experience any such unusual incident had been watching horror films during the lockdown period. After, question after questioning them about their daily routine, family history, past trauma, I and my team of psychologists found out that many of them create a fictional ghost in their mind. Now, this guy apparently has been a full-time paranormal investigator for many years. He says he investigated over 100 locations and looked over 150 paranormal cases, so I guess this guy knows what he's talking about, but still very interesting. Again, that paranormal helpline number is 9999-518-600, belonging to the Paranormal Company. It provides free assistance to spread awareness against blind... Ah, I said all that crap before. Uh, anybody who uh, claims to encounter a ghost or paranormal instance should call them. People who have doubts or curiosity about ghosts should call them, I guess. People who feel their house, villa, or flats are haunted should definitely call them. Said the main, the main motive behind this helpline number is to provide scientific solutions to those who are encountering any unusual instances. Sure, 
I can totally get behind that. As you guys know from listening to this show, I love it when science can explain stuff, but that doesn't explain everything. Anyhow, like I said, I would really like to talk to this guy. It's a very interesting thing. I'm glad that people are trying to use science to either prove or debunk the paranormal, though, so I can't fault them for that at all. And finally, in paranormal news, before we actually get to the topic at hand, demonic activity reported at South Carolina plantation investigated on TV program. The ghost of a man who was decapitated in an elevator shaft long ago supposedly really does haunt the South Carolina State Museum, according to the employees. Some of them recount their chilling encounters with Bubba the Ghost. It's a 200-year-old Midlands plantation, and it's the subject of the latest episode of a TV show dedicated to the paranormal called Ghost Nation. And apparently they went in there, they checked it out, and they did actually find some paranormal evidence that this exists. Now, say what you will about Ghost Nation or Ghost Hunters or any of them. I have nothing really negative to say, but do definitely take any reality show with a grain of salt. I've said that before. I'll say that forever. I'm not saying they're faking stuff. I am not. But take it with a grain of salt. Watch this episode. See what you think. It's the fifth episode of the second season on Ghost Nation. And they say that it really does seem to be the case that uh, Bubba the Ghost is real and they managed to catch something pretty incredible on this episode. So, you know, I'm going to check it out. I love a good episode of uh, anything that proves the paranormal or has a really good what-the-fuck-just-happened kind of moment. I'm all about. So, again, say what you will about them. If you like them, great. If you don't, great. But even if you don't like them, maybe watch this episode and see what you think. Go into it with the skeptic's mind and uh, a grain of salt and see what happens. Okay, that about does it for Paranormal News. You can head on over to storeenvy.com slash paranormalalmanac for all your Paranormal Almanac merchandise needs, or you can go to etsy.com slash 8bitspock to buy the official Don't Fucking Shoot Bigfoot patch. It's a great patch. I make nothing from it. A friend of mine made it. It's awesome. I said, yep, that's official. I, I, I like that. You can use that. I will ask that a lot of people have been making shirts that say don't fucking shoot Bigfoot you know I do as well I'm the one who came up with don't fucking shoot Bigfoot so please go for the official merchandise before the non-official merchandise if you are looking for something specific that hasn't been made and this is very big if you guys want a specific t-shirt a specific catchphrase whatever it is let me know and I'll try and get that made it does cost money to get the artist to make stuff, but I'm gl I am will gladly make something if you guys want a specific shirt. Please reach out and let me know what shirt you guys want to see, or sticker, or hat, or whatever, tote bag, whatever. Just let me know. I'll see if I can get it made, because I want to have some Paranormal Almanac, you know, merch out there for you guys. I want you guys to be able to go like, heck yeah, look, I'm wearing this, and have someone go, what's Paranormal Almanac? And get the word out about this show. The more people that you tell about this show or share all the stuff on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, the better this show can get. So thank you to everybody, everybody lately that has been reaching out and saying like, hey, I love the show. I tell all my friends about it and then I listen to it with my coworkers or while I get a tattoo or whatever. I absolutely love that stuff. Thank you so much for sharing this show. Let's take a quick break. We'll get right back into it and talk about glitches in the matrix. Alrighty, we are back. Stitches right there. I am right here 
let's take another look at a phenomenon that seems to happen more and more year after year. Now, sure, the term for it wasn't really around before 1999, but even looking up scenarios that might be considered glitches in the matrix didn't really bring up too much before this time. For some ever, whatever reason, did the matrix make us aware of it? Or just put it in everyone's minds so that they started talking about them? Started talking about something that had been happening maybe forever? I just don't know. But if you haven't listened to episode 50 and episode 66, I believe, I talk about both I talk about both glitches in the matrix and the Mandela effect. But there's more. You've requested more. I get people asking, when are you gonna do a Mandela effect episode? Well, I did. I did do one. It's weird. I'll talk about something weird about it in a little while, but I did do one. So here's a sequel to that one. Here's a sequel to a Glitch in the Matrix one. Because researching this episode led me to a billion photos of twins sitting next to each other. Twins are not a glitch. Sure, they're weird, but pretty sure they aren't paranormal. Also, a ton of photos. If you just Google image Glitch in the Matrix, there are a ton of photos of people who happen to be wearing the same or similar outfit as someone else in a photo. That's not a, that's not a glitch at all. Look, white guys wearing stupid gray cabbie hats happen to look a lot alike until you actually look at them and realize, nope, Kurt is much better looking than them. Okay, here's the thing. I can't really debunk any of the stories that I'm about to read on here because, well, I don't know these people. I have nothing else to go on. I found the stories online, but there are stories. It's their stories. It's a bit of a departure and a debunking part of this episode, I suppose, but don't worry. I'll be doing some debunking towards the end of this, but here are a collection of people's stories from the internet that they swear are true, but basically this whole episode is one big grain of salt. I guess that's where I'm trying to go with this. Look, I love online spooky stories. Absolutely love them. I usually don't use them because I can't prove or disprove them. For all I know, it's some kid that just can tell a story really well. Or it's just all bullshit. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? It's just, it could be real. It could not be. Take it with a grain of salt. But here are a few online glitch stories. Hi, Stitch. Come on up. About two years ago, I went to collect my husband from the ferry after work. My husband got into the car, and as I was driving very slowly, very slowly out of the car park, we both noticed two people standing a few meters in front of our car. It looked as though they were strangers, older-looking professionals, both walking to their separate cars in different areas of the car park. The man was reaching into his side bag, and the lady was further ahead than the man with her head turned to the right. I know the exact positions they were in because they were completely frozen on the spot. My husband and I sat there watching the frozen strangers, not saying anything to each other, and then all of a sudden it was like someone pressed play, and the two strangers just continued on like nothing had happened. My husband and I promised to each other that we would never forget how weird the experience was. I can't remember exactly how long they stayed frozen like that, but it was long enough to freak us both out. Now, this is one, this is like a good example of one, but there are tons, there are dozens of stories like this where someone pressed pause on life, either with people or with nature or with birds. All of a sudden, something just is frozen. It's just completely frozen on the spot. And then when the person notices it, the person walking by or whatever notices it, 
It's like something went, oh shit, and press play, and they start again. That one is weird. And like I say, there are tons of them. Anyhow, let me keep on going. The next one is a time slip glitch. That's, tar that's hard to say. Time slip glitch. I was walking on the sidewalk along a busy road when, a suddenly, when suddenly, with a step, the whole damn world changed around me. It was a crazy hot day, but suddenly it was cool and cloudy. There were only a few cars on the road and lots of people riding bicycles. I remember seeing a girl in a blue dress out of the corner, corner of my eye. It was so surreal. But with the next step, I was back in the usual reality. To this day, I have no idea what happened. Here is another example of something that there are tons of stories. And I mean dozens and dozens and dozens of stories where they'll take a step and all of a sudden it's night when it was day a second ago. When they take another step, it goes back to day. Or they walk back to the spot and it goes back to day. Are they moving through time? Are they accidentally time traveling? Is it a glitch in the matrix? I don't know. But I think I brought this up on a future on a, on a future episode. I think I brought this up on a future episode. So when you when you get to that episode, listen to it. Now I think I brought this up on a previous episode about time slips and how scary time slips can be, but also how cool. But what would you do if it happened to you? What would you do? I often I often do this at a bar. Like if we're at, drinking at a bar and someone's talking to me and I tell them I do a paranormal show and they get into it, I'll ask them this question. What would you do if you're out for a walk, you took a step, and suddenly you're back in 1929? Do you keep walking? Do you enjoy 1929 and just become part of 1929? Do you turn around and get the fuck out of 1929? And it obviously doesn't have to be specifically 1929, but 1940, doesn't matter. But what would you do? And this, this kind of gives you a good gauge on a person's character. Because if they say, oh, I'd stay there and I'd be rich. Really? How would you be rich? Well, I would just invest in stock. Okay, what stock would you invest in in 1929? Oh, I would bet on the World Series. Really? Cool. Who would you bet, who would you bet on in 1929? Uh, the Yankees. Well, yeah, the Yankees lost. You know, that kind of stuff. I don't know shit about history well enough to know what, yeah, I would invest in Apple and invest in Disney and invest in IBM. That's not 1929. So I'm going to be sitting around for, for 50 plus years waiting for these things to kind of kick in. You know, it doesn't, I don't know enough. I often said that I would always write out like a bunch of facts or a bunch of cool companies or stocks from like the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, all the way on and keep it in my pocket. So if I ever did accidentally time slip, now, obviously, Stitch would have to be with me, or I would walk right back, because I'm not leaving Stitch behind. But if Stitch and I were out for a walk, and we time-slipped back to 1929, I could open up my wallet and go, cool, here's 10 stocks that I could buy so I could be rich right now. And then, yeah, why not live in the 1920s? With what's happening in the world today, it can't be much worse, you know what I'm saying? But anyhow, there are a ton of time-slip glitches and I mean a ton of them. And I just don't know what to think about them, but it seems to be the next biggest common thing. First is the people frozen. Second is the time slip. And then the next one. This next online example, again, like I was just saying, gets brought up a lot. People looking over and seeing someone with no features. You know, passing by and the person has a completely blank, no features on their face. No eyes, no nose, no mouth. And then when they look again, the person's face is normal. It's a very bizarre common glitch, like this story. 
Saw a dude with no face driving a car. No features at all. It was just blank. I did more than just glance at him. I was staring. Just smooth skin and a men's haircut. I've never told anyone this because it's so ridiculous sounding and I don't think people would believe me. There are dozens. I was riding on the subway when I looked over and noticed the person next to me had no face, no features, no nothing. When I looked back, their face was there again. There are tons of these. This is a big step into, are we in a simulation, I guess. I guess all of these really are. People freezing in midair, time slips, whatever. And I'll get to possible explanations, including the simulation one, which I hate. But uh, here's another very common glitch in the Matrix. It's seeing a pet or a loved one walk by them, then either walk by them again, deja vu style, or already be in another room and nowhere near where the person saw them. There are dozens. You know, my dad walked by, and then two minutes later he walked by again, but there's no way he could have got back to his bedroom without walking past me. My mom and dad were having a fight. My dad ran out of the house. I was so worried because I'd never seen my dad crying before. And then five minutes later, I hear his voice in their bedroom. When I walked in, they said he had never left. There are tons of these. My cat walked by. I looked right at him, pet him. He jumped down and kept on walking. A minute later, my pet, my pet, <laughs> minute later, my cat walked by, jumped on. You know, it's the same thing. It was. There's no way that cat could have looped around and did the exact same thing again. I hope you guys can't hear the car horn in the background. Hold on one second. Okay, I am back. Hopefully you still can't hear it. It's been five minutes of me waiting for it to stop. There's just a car horn going off over and over again. It sounds like the world is ending out there, which it is, but uh, not around me, thankfully. Thankfully, none of the riots or shootings or anything else that's happening is happening right by me. It is a terrible time in America right now. So let's all try to stay together, support one another, be there for each other. All right, let's get back into the weird glitches, though. Another common glitch is what's known as the NPC character glitch. And if you don't know what an NPC character is, it's a non-playable character. It's a video game term for the people you walk by that are automatically doing things like driving, walking, bicycling, selling you goods, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, there are a lot of glitches in the real world of people seeing, quote, non-playable characters frozen on a loop, acting erratically, acting like, literally like a glitch, like Max Hedrum, if you know what he, who he is, but, uh, you know, their head bobbing back and forth or moving back and forth like they're like a robot about to blow up kind of a thing from the, you know, that old 60s trope of like a robot trying to figure out what love is, you know, that kind of thing. There are a ton of stories about people, especially in big cities, walking by and noticing a vendor on a loop or acting erratically. And I wonder why the big city one is it because there's just so much more going on. It's not some little rural town. There is a billion people right there that have to be animated and doing things if this is a simulation. I'm just going down that little road for just a second. I'm getting back off it in a second. But that one, it seems to be the next biggest, most common one is the NPC character on a loop acting erratically one. The next biggest one I could find 
is people waking up in the middle of the night and looking for a watch or jewelry or glasses or looking for someone or something that when they wake up, they realize they don't need glasses or have a watch like that or have a loved one like that or looking for whatever they were looking for. That feeling of just being off, that something's not right. Now, this one has happened to me quite a few times where I'll wake up and be like, oh crap, where is my watch? And I go to try and find my watch. I can't find it. I'm getting mad that I can't find my watch. Turn on the lights, pause, think about it for a second and go, wait, you don't have a watch. What the hell are you looking for? What are you doing? Get back to sleep. Sure, that could just be residual dreaming. Like I was dreaming about a watch or something. But there are a lot of people that think that when we're sleeping, we might be merging with other timelines. We're seeing through the veil of other timelines or other dimensions. And because we're asleep and our mind is open and that's how you do um, astral, that's how you do astral projection and stuff like that, that people are saying in out-of-body experiences, that kind of a thing, that people are saying perhaps, just perhaps, and I know it gets kind of woo-woo right now, but when we're asleep, we're more open to the other dimensions. And what we're waking up with is little pieces of the other Kurt, of the other you from the other dimension. Hopefully that makes sense. I really couldn't figure out a great way of explaining it. Hopefully, I guess not hopefully, because it's a terrible experience, but you might have had this experience, so you might know what I'm talking about. The next one, the big one, the very big one, the one that you probably are already thinking about right now. I can relate to it. I know my friend Sean Bishop can relate to it. We've had these kinds of conversations. The thought that the glitch in the matrix is something happened and we have been thrown into the darkest timeline everything just seems to be going wrong and getting worse and getting worse and getting worse. I mean, I can tell you just from my own personal experience, 2020 has been one kick in the balls after another. Things I never thought would ever happen have happened and they're horrifically bad. And I'm sure you guys have experienced it too. Look again, world, look at what's happening in America right now. It is horrific. The horrific murder of George Floyd. We are in the darkest timeline. How the hell do we get out of it? Now, is that a glitch in the matrix or have we moved into a different timeline? I don't know. But glitches in the matrix and the Mandela effect have often been connected to slipping into another timeline. That's why things are changed. That's why things are different. That's why things aren't quite working quite right. So moving into an alternate timeline is an explanation of what the fuck is happening around us right now on a global scale. So here's another online story. This person says, I'm a, I'm a skeptic. However, I feel closer to alternate universes than any other paranormal or psychic type thinking. Something happened around mid-December in this world, especially mine. New Year's Eve, everyone was celebrating and I felt anxious, almost like I didn't want to step into the next dimension. That being the year 2020. I told those around me that I had a bad feeling. I just didn't want to go. I wanted to, I wanted the new year to not happen. 
Well, it did begin the shit show. The first was the death of my grandmother. It was time, so it felt pretty natural. Not trying to sound cruel, but she was 95 and lived a great life. This is the person, you know, writing this. I'm. This is not Kurt. I'm reading you an online story. The next one was our cat passing away. It was sad, but he too was old and sick. It was time. Then the biggies came along. My dad died unexpectedly. Out of the blue, it was horrible. I felt the world shifted, and I wasn't supposed to. And it wasn't supposed to happen. But something happened. Even if that makes, if that even makes any sense, almost like I saw my life, and this death wasn't supposed to happen yet, and there was a glitch. The next week is when the whole Corona pandemic took over. Another glitch. The week after that, I found out the special needs children I'd worked with for three years were being moved to a new location, and my position to, was moved to another. So I lost them. The following week, school is canceled for the year. The next week, I find out my dad had a long-lost sister that he never even knew about. Another glitch. Now I'm in the midst of hell. Though my dad was prepared financially, my mom is in the middle of probate and veterans benefits nightmares. I am soothing my own children from all of this. The world has gone nuts. All of this and I just want my dad back. I want to go back and, fit and fix the glitch. Repair the hole and start over again. Anyone else feel like a shift at the beginning of the year? Um, yeah. Well, Kurt here. Of course. Like I said, this has definitely been a shit year for me. Stuff that I never would even imagine happened, could ever happen, happened. I mean, it's been one terrible dark timeline after another. So yeah, I get exactly what this guy's saying, and so do a ton of people online. There are a ton of people responding to this, saying, yes, something happened. The beginning of this year, we fell into the darkest timeline. It's about the only way they could really explain it. Here's the online story for this one. Preface, when I was in high school, my little sister, mom, and I would eat dinner together every evening and tell each other about our days. At the time, my sister was young, only in elementary school. On a Monday, during summer break, we were all having dinner and my sister told us about how she and our next door neighbors were playing with their new cat when it got loose outside. They spent the whole day looking for it. Fast forward to two days later at dinner time, and my sister tells the exact same story she had told two days prior. My mom and I looked at each other funny because we both clearly remembered the cat story. When we asked my sister if she'd mistaken the day since she'd told us the story on Monday, she just gave us this blank look and had no memory of it. The creepy part is, though, when we called our neighbors to ask them about the cat incident, they told us all it happened that day Wednesday and they weren't, even they weren't even in town on Monday. So, my sister told us a story two days before it happened and had no memory of it. How is that possible? Where was my sister on Monday? That is another big one. People remembering things happening and then two days later it happened or people hearing a story, then hearing that exact same story again and then finding out that that story was never told to them prior. Another one is a death, or I guess a not death online glitch one. I remember clearly a close friend of me and my cousin who lived in the same neighborhood dying due to drowning on a river when I was about eight or maybe seven. I remember, I remember us talking about it and in disbelief and the family being sad and all. I'm 25 now and no longer live in that neighborhood. And just last year, the same guy I was so sure died so many years ago added me as a friend on Facebook like nothing ever happened. It's definitely him, but he never died. All right, come on. How do you explain that? How do you explain someone that you knew drowning when they were eight and then they're still alive? 
But again, the death or not death glitch happens all the time. Now, sure, it happens with celebrities, some of which is just people misremembering, some of which does seem to be the case where, like me personally, I remember Lance Hendrickson of Alien, or Aliens, both, uh, dying but he's still alive. Now, I remember it very clearly, and a lot of people have that same kind of memory, that Mandela effect memory of a celebrity like Brian Dennehy seems to be a big one online, dying and then being alive. Jerry Stiller was another big one online. So, is that us just misremembering, or did something get reset? All right, here's a bizarre twofer glitch, or Mandela effect, if you will. According to an NBC News article in 2018... People have not been able to go into the torch of the Statue of Liberty since 1916. That's 104 years. No one publicly is allowed to go up into the torch on the Statue of Liberty. Let me read you the story real quick, and then I'll continue on with that one, because the twofer part is the story itself. It says, here's why you can't visit the Statue of Liberty's torch. Visitors have not been allowed inside the torch for over a century after a massive explosion. The event that sparked the ban occurred Monday, July 30th, 1916. An explosion on Black Tom Island in New York Harbor in the middle of the night could be heard from miles away, shattering glass, window, shattering glass windows in Manhattan and killing seven people. They said it was a terrific explosion, the worst that had ever happened in New York. And this is according to Kenneth Jackson, a history professor at Columbia University. He goes on to say that shrapnel hit the nearby Statue of Liberty, closing off the arm to future visitors. There's even a commemorative plaque that remains on the site to this day. The National Park Service Statue of Liberty website cites the Black Tom explosion as the reason the torch is closed off. Though it's unclear why, a century later, guests are still not allowed inside... And I agree with that. I mean, there was a huge retrofit to the Statue of Liberty in what, like the 80s or 90s or whatever, whenever the hell that was, 70s. But the legacy of the, the legacy of this explosion is deeper than just relegating tourists to Liberty's to Lady Liberty's crown, which is apparently the highest you can walk up into is the crown on Statue of Liberty. They say that Black Tom Island had been a center for the production of armaments that were shipped to Europe to mainly aid Britain and France, both were which were fighting Germany during World War One. The Germans probably saw that as an act of war. The New York Times reported that the explosion was initially attributed to negligence by those working on the island, but it took years for investigators to determine that Germany was actually responsible for the explosion, a conclusion that had been written off in the immediate aftermath. It wasn't until 1939 that $50 million in damages were awarded to the plaintiffs in the Black Tom explosion, the largest settlement by an international tribunal, but if took until World War II for Germany to pay out. Let's see, let's keep on going. They do mention in the story that Blacktown is certainly not well known, even in the New York area. They say, I think it's partly because of the isolation of the explosion. Most people never heard of that island. They don't even know where it is. Yep, I'm one of those people. I had never heard about this explosion. I had never heard about this story about Germany, uh, like a German terrorist attack, if you will in 1916 that's crazy to me but so there's there's the twofer part the first one is people have not been allowed to go up into the statue of liberty's torch since 1916 the second part is german terrorists blew up an an island with armaments and it damaged the statue of liberty 
which isn't even on Black Tom Island. It's on Liberty Islands. So I don't get that part either, but let's continue on. I'm not the, look, I'm not a history expert by any stretch of the imagination, but here's where it gets weird. Multiple sites say only two or three people have ever been allowed in the Statue of Liberty torch since 1916, apart from workers, obviously. Yet there are tons of photos and stories from people who say they were in the torch. There are a ton of them saying, oh yeah, when I was a kid, we walked up when it was a field trip, we walked up, we were in the crown, and then some people walked up the ladder into the torch. In fact, there's a commercial from the 1970s that shows a boy in the torch. Now I'll put that on the Facebook. You have to skip ahead till three minutes and nine seconds into this commercial because it's like some Monster Squad VHS tape, but they're not wrong. There are tons of people who swear they've been up in the torch. In fact, there is photos. There's like a very cool like 360 photo of someone up in the torch. Sure, maybe that could be from a worker. So I'll take that one. I'll check that one off as well. Workers are allowed in there. So they're, maybe they're just checking to make sure the torch is fine. Some of the photos, sure. But there are people that say we went up into the torch and we looked down on ground zero after 9-11. Now, it have to be way after 9-11 because the Statue of Liberty, everything was closed for a while. But there are people that swear when they were a kid, they walked up in there. When they were adult, they went up in there. They took photos in there. Yet apparently, that's not the case. Nobody from the public has been allowed in the torch of the Statue of Liberty since 1916. So let me ask you a question now. Instead of getting to the end of the episode, let me ask you a question now. Have you ever been up in the torch? Not the crown. The crown, I could find thousands of photos of people that walked up the stairs to the crown of the Statue of Liberty, but past that, did you go up the ladder and out into the torch, which sounds terrifyingly scary to me, but apparently that was a thing that happened quite a bit. When you went on a field trip, you went up into the torch. Have you guys ever been up in the torch? Let me know. I really want to know. But again, that's a twofer for me because I never knew about the Black Tom explosion and I never knew that you weren't allowed in the torch of the Statue of Liberty for 104 years. Alrighty, let's uh, quickly go through a couple of glitch explanations, I guess. Not really, but you know what I mean. First one is the multiple universe, multiple dimensions one. I already talked about that one. It's the most... Yep, Stitch, it's cool. It's the most common one. And it's my personal theory as the explanation for almost every Mandela effect and every glitch in the Matrix. We slipped into a different dimension. Now, it doesn't explain people with no faces or on pause or anything like that. So I don't know about that. But the next one is autopilot. There are a lot of people that say, a lot of scientists that say that you just didn't realize you've done something already. There's a lot of glitches where I went outside to get the, get the mail, came back in. Ten minutes later, I went outside and the mail was still out there. Okay. Or, or the reverse, you know. I didn't ever even went outside to get the mail, but yet the mail was right where it should be inside the house. You do a lot of stuff on autopilot. There's a lot of times where people, you know, drive all you get, you know, you drive home from work. You know, you get all the, you know, get all the way home and you go, shit, I don't remember the drive home from work at all. Now, obviously, if you're like me, you check the front of your car to make sure you didn't kill a bunch of people on the way there, which you didn't, thankfully. But autopilot is a big thing. We're doing so much throughout the day that you don't realize that you've already done something. The next one, we live in a simulation. Now, again, I talked about this one before on episode 66 or whatever. I hate the simulation theory. It, it doesn't 
it doesn't make any sense to me. There's a bunch of billionaires out there who want to break out of the simulation. The simulation that made them billionaires. Elon Musk is one of them. And that is just freaking dumb to me. If it is a simulation, how does knowing it change anything? Whether I'm real Kurt or Sim Kurt, I still have to do my job. I still have to pay bills, pay rent, etc. I got to do everything I would have to do anyway. So knowing it's a simulation doesn't free me some from the simulation. It doesn't, you know, I didn't take the red pill or whatever the fuck color pill and, and get out of the simulation. I'm still stuck in the same simulation. Now I'm going, well, not only does my day job, uh, not only is it tedious, it's not even real. I am a simulation in an office going through office work simulation. That doesn't help me. Now, there's a guy, a former NASA consultant, Tom Campbell. Now, he's convinced that we inhabit a virtual reality, and he is the driving force behind six, maybe seven experiments funded through a Kickstarter. He actually made $350,000 in a Kickstarter to figure out if we're in a simulation. Now, he says that he's going to do these uh, experiments in a small laboratory at a Southern California University campus. Okay, so let me click on the actual Kickstarter itself and see if I can play the video. It says, do we really believe or do we live in a virtual reality? Can the theory that reality is a simulation be tested? We are prepared to investigate this question. Oh, it only made 236,000. Sorry. Is our reality being created by the information processing power of consciousness? It may sound far-fetched. Are we living in simulation? I find it hard to argue against that possibility. Now you can see a video game that's Elon Musk. Uh, photorealistic. Then eventually those games will be indistinguishable from reality. How do we know that that didn't happen in the past? And that we're not in one of those games ourselves? In June of 2017, my scientist colleagues and I wrote and published a peer-reviewed quantum physics paper that describes how we can test the simulation hypothesis with physical experiments that are unique variations of the classic double slit experiment. Scientists like Tom Campbell have been quietly working for years, developing a solid scientific theoretical foundation to explain the attributes and logical consequences of virtual reality. Okay, that's enough of that nonsense. All right, you know, I can kind of get behind what he's saying, though. Like, you know, right now we are material-based. Look at everybody freaking out over the looting and riots that have been happening all over America right now instead of, or more so, than the actual murder of a man by a police officer. So we are definitely material based. Yeah, I can kind of get behind that. Let's get us off of that material base and let's do knowledge and more Star Trek-y like kind of stuff. Now I can't find anything about, let me go to the updates, maybe it's there. Um, his latest update was from May 18th, 2020. Before I get started, I know from experience that there's probably at least half of you out there that really want to know what's going on with the experiments. It is not going nearly as quickly as I had hoped. It's going much more, uh, much more slowly. Overestimated how easy it would be to set this up in an experiment. And that's because I, I work from the theory end of things. And in theory, it's all very simple and all very easy. But from the experimental side, anytime you're working down in the quantum region where the speed of light is an important part of your process and you're measuring things that uh, 
you know, are moving. All right. Um, um, it's very interesting stuff, but I'm not going to sit here and listen to all of it. If you guys want to go to it, you can go to his Kickstarter and, and look it up. Do we live in virtual reality? It's on Kickstarter. His name's Tom Campbell. Apparently, it's not going as well as he thought, though. So, yeah, back to my thing about this. The simulation theory doesn't help me at all. And again, I can't understand why billionaires want to break out of a simulation. You're a billionaire. You can have anything you want here in the quote-unquote real world. Even if it is a simulation, in the quote-unquote simulation world, you get anything. Be happy with that. Shut up and sit down. Okay, the other main reason for glitches. I swear I'm almost done with this. Let's keep on keeping on. The other main reason for glitches is the Bader-Meinhof phenomena, where one happens upon some obscure piece of information, often an unfamiliar word or name, and soon afterwards encounters the same subject again, often repeatedly. The best example for this is if you buy a red Corvette and then you start driving, you're going to notice a bunch of red Corvettes or whatever car, you know? All of a sudden, you're going to start seeing your car out there in the world because it's be you become aware of it. You've, you've never noticed it before. They've always been there, but you just never noticed it. All of a sudden, a song will be everywhere or a word will be everywhere because you're now aware of that word. That is the biggest reason for glitches for a lot of people. It's part of that autopilot one, but it's a little bit separate, so I wanted to separate it out there. Okay, with that, let's move on to some new Mandela Effect examples. That's right, new ones, because like I've said, I've already done a Mandela Effect episode. So people, please stop asking me to do a Mandela Effect episode. I've done one. Now I've done two. By the time you're hearing this, this one will be out. But I did want to throw a couple more examples that are messing with my brain. The first one, the big one. Before I get to it, I want to check online because I actually asked Facebook before I started recording this episode a question. A question that I thought I had done. So let me see. No, there we go. Wow, so many no's. I asked the question earlier on Facebook. Okay, Paramaniacs, I need your help. Did I ever talk about Rodan's sculpture, The Thinker, in a previous Mandela Effect episode? If you asked Kurt, if you asked me, yep, I sure as shit did. I talked about it because it broke my brain the last time, episode 50 or whatever it was. But, no, don't think so. Then I get one. David L. Garcia, you get a special shout out. Everybody's saying no, but I clearly remember you talking about it. Yeah, so do I. What the hell? Oh, Angie Houston says, I feel like it rings a bell hearing you say something about it, but I could be wrong. Oh, another one. Dave. Oh, thank God, Dave. Kurt, you did mention it. I'll look further into it and find out which episode. Then Kelly, no, not to my recollection. Um, needs more episodes. Ali, I don't recall it. No. Uh, Jay, not that I can recall. Tim, no. Will, no. Sean, no. Oh, Sean says no, even though Dave says yes. Interesting. Veronica, no. James Polk says no. Here's the thing. I would have bet money that I've talked about it. I know that I've talked about it off air with Sean Bishop. So I hit him up and he said, well, I don't know if he did it on the show, but we've definitely had the conversation. Then I told them about this new wrinkle that I'm about to get to in the Mandela effect about the sculpture. And he went, what the fuck? No, that's, we, no, that's wrong. Yep. So here we go. If we have talked about it, please let me know where. 
I, I, I need to hear me talking about it because I would have bet money I talked about it. So, picture the sculpture, the thinker. You know the guy. Big old new dude, I think. He's got his hand resting on his what? Is his fist resting on his forehead? Or is his fist resting on his chin? The thinker. You got it in your mind? You know the answer? Well, here's the thing. The last time I swear I talked about it, the Mandela effect had changed the statue for me and his hand was resting on his forehead, which is wrong. The universe I come from, his fist is resting on his chin. And that's why I was making such a big deal out of it on the episode and when I talked about it with Sean Bishop, because that's not right. His hand isn't on his forehead, it's on his chin. Well, here's the thing. Since then, the hand is now back on the chin, but with a soft, open hand on the chin. It's no longer a fist. So again, still wrong. It's changed again, but still wrong. Now, the reason I say it's changed again is, if you look online, people are talking about it. Talking about his fist on his forehead from posts a couple of years ago and how wrong that looked to them. They're saying, hey, the Mandela effect changed the thinker statue. His hand is now on his forehead. How weird is that? It was seen in The Simpsons or another cartoon. They had cartoon examples of it as well. Now, it's back. Kind of. His hand is on his chin, but it's no longer a fist. It's a fist on the chin, damn it. It makes no sense any other way to me. So this one is confusing me because it is now flip-flopped back. It went from fist on the chin to fist on the forehead to slightly soft open hand on the chin now for the thinker. I don't like it. I don't like it when things change that I know deep down in my soul are wrong. So yeah, let's get into it. Like I said, that one was mine. Now, the big ones I see all the time are logos. The problem is they change logos throughout the years. So yes, some are different because of the logo times changing. Some seem to be from Mandela Effect, but I did a bunch of those logo ones on the last episode. So listen to that one if you want a bunch of examples of logos that are changed. Also, why do you guys know so much about the baby bell cow on the package? I don't get that. I, I couldn't tell you what the baby bell cow had as far as earrings or nose rings or anything else. I don't know. I don't care. I could if I wanted to, but I don't. All right, so here's the thing. Here's one logo change that I will talk about on this episode because I didn't talk about it on the last one. And I know I didn't talk about the last one. The Fruit of the Loom logo. Can you picture the Fruit of the Loom logo? The underwear logo, Fruit of the Loom? Bunch of fruit. Does it have a cornucopia on it? The answer may surprise you. That's right, I'm being a dick. You're gonna have to look that one up yourself. Okay, with that being said, what color is the Pillsbury Doughboy's scarf? You know the Pillsbury Doughboy, the little, <laughs> that dude? What color is his scarf? Did you say blue? What if I told you it was always white? According to Pillsbury's own website, it's always been white. But if you Google Pillsbury Doughboy's scarf, you'll find toys and salt shakers and other crap with a blue scarf. Because that's what I said. Oh, Pils Pillsbury Doughboy? His scarf is blue. Yep, I got that one wrong. I said blue. All right, how about this one? Some of you might not even know who this guy is. This is little for a little bit older crowd, but Ed McMahon. He was Johnny Carson's sidekick on The Tonight Show, but he was also 
the spokesperson for Publishers Clearinghouse. He awarded, you know, people big checks. He, you know, came to their house in a tan van and had champagne and a big check. Except that he never did that. He never worked for Publishers Clearinghouse. This is wrong where I come from because he did. He 100% did. Now, he did work for something called the American Family Publishers. What? Nope. That's wrong. In fact, I could have even sworn that in the movie Fletch, Chevy Chase's character Fletch, you know, says, Oh, I might, you know, have the, you know, my problem might be solved. Look what I got. And he shows a, a letter with Ed McMahon's face on it. So now I need to go back and watch Fletch to see if that says America Family Publishers, because that's just wrong. Just wrong. Like Mandela Effect changed kind of wrong. Again, I even I even messaged Sean Bishop about this one, and he agreed with me. And shot that shit down too. Nope. Something changed. Okay, this next one, I do kind of remember this one as well. It's from the movie Shaun of the Dead. This person said, hey, I distinctly remember Ed, quote, pumping the shovel like a shotgun when he and Sean came out of the shed to go get the zombies. He doesn't. However, Anthony Anderson's character does this in Scary Movie 3, but I thought Ed did this in Shaun of the Dead. And so did I. I remember this as well. I actually had to pull up the scene from Shaun of the Dead, and they're right. He doesn't. He just comes walking out with the shovel. He doesn't pump it like a shotgun. So, is that just misremembering from one movie to another? You tell me. Alright, this next one is wrong. But I mean, in real life, people saying this is a Mandela effect. These people are wrong. Alright, here you go. Do you remember the beginning to the song, Greased Lightning? Why this car is automatic, it's systematic, it's hydromatic. Why it's Greased Lightning? Okay, there is a video of Grease Lightning on YouTube. It's from the movie. And apparently, in the movie, the song starts differently. So, let me play that beginning for you guys right now. This car could be systematic. Hydromatic. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm playing that again. I'm starting that over. Here we go. This car could be systematic. Hydromatic. Ultramatic. Okay, so that's how it starts in the movie. But, here's the thing. The song still starts the way that I sang it. This car is automatic, systematic, it's hydromatic in the soundtrack. So they must have, you know, either filmed it both ways or the soundtrack is slightly different because the way they set up the song in the movie, you know, to get to it or whatever, the dialogue to get to it. So here it is from the actual official Grease soundtrack from the movie. This car is automatic. It's systematic. It's Yes, that's right. It is a greased lightning. Fun fact, I played Kaniki in high school, but I don't think there are any copies floating out there, floating around out there, so good luck finding that. My mom might have one. I, sh I should see if she does. And yeah, I sang Grease Lightning, but I had to sing the high school version of Grease Lightning without any swear words or dirty words or dirty lyrics because it's a pretty fucking dirty song. Anyhow, it does appear like in the movie, it's slightly changed, but again, both are real, so it is not a Mandela effect. People saying this one's a Mandela effect, those people are wrong. Speaking of uh, plays I did in high school, 
Remember Annie? No, I didn't play Annie in high school. I couldn't tell you what uh, what characters I did play. I played a couple of them in the in the play in high school. But do you remember? It's a hard knock life for us. Well, the song may be called "It's a Hard Knock Life for Us," but the opening lyrics are "It's the hard knock life for us," not "a hard knock life for us." Yep, weird. Did it change? You tell me. I don't think so. But let's listen to it. So yeah, and apparently in the song, it is, it's the hard knock life for us. And a lot of people are freaking out saying, nope, nope, it's a hard knock life. Something changed. I don't like it. They're freaking out. I don't think so. But again, you tell me what you think. All right, how about the movie, Scary Movie? They have a scene where Marlon Wayans is under the covers, looks over and says, I see white people. Nope. Apparently that never happened. He says, I see dead people. Here's the clip. Before I get into it, let me let me play the clip for you. Can I tell you a secret? Sure, man. I see dead people. Yeah, he says, I see dead people. Now, I gotta say, the joke works better that he says dead people in context of the scene... But a lot of people are saying that's wrong. He says, I see white people. Did it change? Again, you tell me. Okay, this next one. Was there ever a hiker emoji? A little, of emo a little emoji on your cell phone of a hiker, a guy with a backpack and walking sticks. Because a lot of people online remember this emoji. But guess what? Nope. There was never a hiker emoji anywhere. Never happened. Wasn't real. Do you guys remember it? Let me know. This next one bothers me. How do you spell dilemma? Is it two M's or is it M-N? Mary Nancy, M-N. How do you guys spell dilemma? Because for me, when I learned it, it was dilemma. It was M-N. In fact, I had to say out dilemma in my mind to make sure that I was spelling it right. But apparently it's always been two M's. I don't like that. It may not be right anymore. I don't like it. Okay, what about this next one? Is it objects in the mirror may be closer than they appear or objects in the mirror are closer than they appear? And this is on the passenger side mirror in cars. A lot of, I guess apparently this isn't a universal thing. Uh, it's not everywhere in the world, but... For those that know this, is it objects in the mirror may be closer than they appear or are closer than they appear? Apparently, there's a Josh and Drake episode, Hot Girls May Be Closer Than They Appear, or some bullshit like that. I have never watched the show. I'm not a big Josh and Drake fan, so not surprisingly. Okay, this next one really messed me up. Really messed me up. I call serious bullshit on this one. Do you guys remember... Stouffer's stovetop stuffing? Well, apparently it never fucking existed. That's not right in my universe. Where I came from, there was Stouffer's stovetop stuffing. I remember it clearly. 
but apparently it never existed. All right, one that I'm not so passionate about, the UK flag. I personally think, as do a lot of people online, that the red lines are in the center of the white lines and the big X in the, you know, UK flag. But apparently they're not. Apparently they're off-center by quite a bit. But that doesn't look right to me. It looks way wrong to me, actually. All right, here's one from a listener. Listener Dorian says, Having a case of the Mandela effect. I read today that Dr. Stanton Freeman died earlier this year, but I swear to God he died years ago. I remember reading about how he got sick and passed away. Also, don't sweat any haters. They're fucking idiots that don't know their ass from a hole in the wall. You have the best paranormal podcast there is, period. Now, the question is, did I add this to this episode because of the nice things he said about Paranormal Almanac? Maybe. But I found quite a few people online that's, that thought the same thing as Dorian thought, that Stanton Friedman had died previously as well. And there are tons of these. Like I mentioned, Brian Dennehy is another big one, and Jerry Stiller is another big one. But yeah, I don't know. These are the things like, you tell me. You guys remember that happening? What Mandela effects really messed you up? Now, the ones that I want you to tell me about have to be new ones. Ones that I didn't mention on this episode or on the previous episode. We all know about the Berenstein Bears. Yep, that's just wrong. We all know about Curious George's tale or whatever. You know, there's a bunch of them. There's a ton of them. And here's the problem. I watched way too many wrong Mandela Effect videos on YouTube. And what I mean by wrong is the person saying, hey, do you guys know that this is the way it is now? And I went, holy shit, is that true? And then I checked and no, it's not true, you fucking morons. These people are just wrong, but I had to go and check to make sure they were wrong. Like, one video stated it's John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith, and there is no Schmidt version. Which, of course, they're all Schmidt versions. I had that damn song stuck in my head for like an hour because I had to look it up to be like, oh my god, is there really no, because that's wrong. No, this guy's just a freaking moron. Then there's this idiot. I remember Rice Krispie Treats, A, being spelled with a K, like Rice, K-R-I-S-P-Y, Treats. Not only is it not K-R-I-S-P-Y, it is C-R-I-S-P-I-E-S, Rice Krispies Treat, Rice Krispies Treats, Rice Krispies Treat. That literally sounds like someone working at the Rice Krispie Treat office was on acid and misspelled the product and then- Oh my god, shut up. Yeah, I had to go through her entire video. Now, look, I hate 98% of people anyway. That hasn't changed. That Mandela effect number has not changed. But there's another idiot that said, it's now there's a snake in my boots, not boot. So I checked it, and yes, it's boot. Not boots. It's never been boot. I kept watching and kept easily debunking these dumb videos so you guys don't have to watch them. So here's my little thought to you guys. Don't watch these videos. Video after video of people getting hundreds of thousands of views spouting wrong, utter bullshit that is so easily debunkable. Just Google that phrase and boom, you can watch the little clip of it. No idea why viewers don't shut that shit down. So do yourself a favor. Don't watch Mandela Effect videos on YouTube. You've heard them all. 
it doesn't matter what jackass is telling you about them, including me, but these people are getting hundreds of thousands of views. Okay, here's another wrong one. When Ant-Man, you know the movie Ant-Man, when Ant-Man meets the Falcon, the Falcon says, Ant-Man, and Ant-Man, you know, replies, well, Iron Man was taken. People are saying it's changed in the movie now, and that Ant-Man now responds in the movie, you just haven't heard of me. Well, you wouldn't have heard of me. That's it. You wouldn't have heard of me. Well, here's the problem there. This Ant-Man was taken response that Ant-Man says, it's real. It exists. It's from the trailer only. Trailers, movie trailers, often have lines or scenes not in the movie. But it's not a Mandela effect. It took me one minute to find that clip. One minute to debunk it. But yet it's all over the internet. Lastly, I watched a surprisingly not terrible movie called The Mandela Effect. It's free on Amazon Prime. If you've got a couple hours to kill, I'd say, yeah, watch it. I mean, obviously don't choose it over a better movie, but it wasn't bad. It really wasn't. And they talk about a lot of the Mandela effects on there in a clever way. So, you know, like I say, got a couple hours to kill? Check it out. Alrighty, that about does it for this week's Glitch in the Matrix and Mandela Effect episode. What do you guys think? Have you guys experienced any of these glitches in the Matrix that millions of people have? I mean, no joke, you can go for days scrolling through story after story of really bizarre glitches in the Matrix, and a lot of them do seem to sync up to the, one, the examples that I kind of gave. It's very bizarre. It really is. Why are there so many glitches in the Matrix, and are they becoming more frequent? Also, what's with the Mandela effects? Why is Mandela effects changing, unchanging, and then changing back things, or removing something that I know that I've talked about in an episode? Again, I would have bet money that I talked about the thinker in the previous Mandela effect episode, but can't find it. Can't find it in any of my outlines. That one's really messing with me. I don't like personal Mandela effects. Sean Bishop had a personal Mandela effect. I can't think of what it was off the top of my head. Personal ones really mess you up, though. They really do. Oh, it was about an, um, a Transformer toy and how there was this piece there that was d disappeared. I think I talked about it. I'm not sure if I, you know, positively talked about it. I know we talked about it on the Zoom chat or whatever. But personal Mandela effects, they really mess with your brain. It, I don't like that. Mandela effects in general... Stouffer's stovetop stuffing? I know that existed. Again, I would bet money that that existed, yet it never did. I call serious BS on that. That's just... It's messing with my brain, man. Anyhow, what are some uh, glitches in the Matrix? Or what's your explanation? Let me ask you that. What's your explanation for glitches in the Matrix? Which one do you kind of get behind? Are we in a simulation? And if so, why does the simulation suck so bad? What do you think causes Mandela Effect? Is it parallel universes? Have we slipped into another dimension? Is it CERN and the Hydrogen Collider like a lot of people think? What do you think? What causes it? I wish someone could figure it out and get us back onto the right timeline because I don't like all these changes and how shitty this timeline is. But anyhow, once again, I'm your host, Kurt Samvig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac.
and then the